I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Shocker Girl Radio. This is Amber Lee, your spiritual BFF here, holding it down, keeping it glamorous and spiritual for you. So today's episode is pretty exciting. We have Liv Perez. She is an influencer, businesswoman, and entrepreneur. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Friend of a Friend, which is a lifestyle media publication. She's just a total it girl in NYC, guys. She is a contributing writer to Forbes and has written for Harper's Bazaar, Teen Vogue, Huffington Post. She's also like friends with the Hadid sisters. No big deal. Um, But she honestly is just the most lovely soul. And I just love chatting with her. She has created a massively successful career by the age of 24. She's telling us how she did that. We're talking about how travel can really change your life and why you need to do it now. And we're also talking about why you're at the right place place at the right time as you are right now on your spiritual spiritual journey. And Liv has so many amazing insights and tips for you guys. So definitely stay tuned. So this episode is brought to you by my Shocker Girl Meditation Bundle. Right now, you can get $10 off with the coupon code podcast to get my hottest meditations that I recorded just for you guys. And they are chakra meditations that will literally activate your energy for different things. So we have a meditation to find your ideal love. We have a meditation to make you just more fun in the life of a part life of the party and to cure your social anxiety. We have a meditation to manifest more. There's seriously so many good energy vibes in these meditations. I've been using them since I started my spiritual journey and I just got inspiration from all these different meditations and teachers and books and I just compiled them into these really really fun meditations so that you guys can activate your chakras and 
change your life. And I know it's like, oh, really? Is a meditation going to change my life? But listen, when you get into this pattern of meditating with the guided meditations, this makes it easy and fun. You're going to be more mindful. You're going to be more aware and you're going to take more aligned action. Your chakras are going to be on fleek AF. (laughs) Okay. That was really cheesy. Anyways, go to chakra girl meditation dot page demo dot co. So that's chakra girl meditation dot P A G E D E M O dot C Use the coupon code podcast for $10 off and the coupon code expires in a few weeks ago. Snag the meditations guys. Okay. So I hope you guys are having a really good week. I wanted to talk to you guys about a book that I'm reading. It's called open wide. It's by Melissa Ambrosini. She was one of the first like really cool spiritual people that I found online. She's like super pretty and dresses really good, which is really important in a spiritual leader. And the book is, um, it's called Open Wide, but it's a radically real guide to deep love, rocking relationships and soulful sex. And I'm obsessed with her. And I feel like this book is, it's about stuff that you kind of know, but the way that she puts it and the way that the book is laid out is really good. And I find it so funny that we read so many books on business and stuff like that. But like, when do we actually read books on relationships? Like, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with my relationship. It's great. But relationships are fucking hard. So like, why aren't we proactively, you know, learning what we should be doing in relationships and how we should be, you know, loving each other and soulfully sexing each other? I think that's super important. So go check it out. And I have a little contest for you guys. So if you guys rate review and subscribe to my podcast and then DM me on Instagram and let me know that you did it so I can check and make sure you're not lying. Just kidding. Spiritual girls don't lie. Um, then I'm going to draw a random name and I'm going to Amazon prime you the book, Melissa Ambrosini open wide. So unfortunately this is only for us and Canada because I don't know if they even have, have Amazon prime anywhere else. Um, But yeah, US and Canada, go to the podcast, like, subscribe, and what's the other thing? Oh yeah, review, rate, subscribe, DM me. There are four steps. Can you do it? I think you can. And you guys, this book is so, so good. So get on it and yeah, say some nice stuff about me on iTunes. And I think I'm on Spotify now too. I am. I'm also on Spotify. So you could do it there too. Just DM me. LMK and all right, enough of that. Let's get into the episode. Live is so freaking cool. <sighs> okay, here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Shocker Girl Radio. Super pumped for today's guest, you guys. Her name is Liv Perez. She's an influencer, businesswoman, and entrepreneur. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Friend of a Friend, which is a lifestyle media publication founded on the notion of discovery. Liv has made her mark as an editorial and cultural archaeologist, encouraging her readers to push past their comfort zone, create their own trends, and explore uncharted territories in everyday life. 
I'm super pumped about Friend of a Friend, you guys. Liv describes it as a very curated, in-depth Yelp. And I've actually been deep diving the website to try and figure out where I'm eating and hanging out on all of my travels this summer. And she has so many great recos. You need to check it out. Um, she also covers fashion, health and beauty, culture, travel, and she features other amazing, successful women. She is a contributor to Forbes, no big deal, has written for Harper's Bazaar, Teen Vogue, and Huffington Post. She's been coined the new It Girl by Fashion Week Daily and was re recently featured in Coveter Magazine as well. She's just your ultimate go-to girl for introducing hot spots, travel recos, hidden fashion, and music gems to her readers. So welcome, Liv. Thank you. That was quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things. I was like, well, I was like, this is pretty long. I'm like, but there are so many amazing things. I'm not leaving oh, anything thank out. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. So let's get into some rapid fire questions so that we can really get to know you. What is your daily practice? Daily practice? I'm a huge morning person to the point where like my friends don't like having sleepovers with me. I don't know how I'm ever going to get married because I'm like, the person that's up at like 7am. And I, I am genuinely concerned for my health more than half the time because the minute I open my eyes, I'm like ready to go. Like there's zero lag time. What time do you go to bed? It, it really doesn't matter what time I go to bed. Like I'm definitely like asleep between like 11 and 1230. I okay. try to get in there, but like right in the morning, I'm super ready to go. So that morning time is really important to me, whether it's like you know, just kind of going through the stages of washing my face and making my coffee and answering my emails. Like that's my quiet time. Um, I think it's like really important for everybody to have that moment in the day. Um, so true. You know, whether it's in the afternoon or if that's kind of your thing at night, um, it's my moment where I'm just like not really trying to be on social media and just outlining what I need to get done for the day and doing everything I need to do to like feel my best to get through it. Yeah. And like the world kind of, I've mentioned this before. I feel like the world like sl is slowed down in the morning and like you can actually get more done. Yes. Like the and world is still asleep. <laughs> well, that's the nice part. I'm from LA, but I live in New York now. So up at 7am, you know, I don't have any of my friends and family kind of texting me from LA. Um, offices are just starting to open on the East coast. Um, so it's really a good time to just focus on myself. Mm, okay. Sidebar question. How was the transition from LA to New York? Ooh, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I really lucked out in the sense that I went to school in New York. So I went right out of, right out of high school. I moved with a really good group of friends and, you know, college, college in a big city was definitely difficult. I will not say it didn't have its challenges in the sense of like, you know, I missed out on that raw, raw college experience, but I like took full advantage of Manhattan. I had an internship. Um, I was lucky enough to get an internship at Teen Vogue like a week before school even started. So I went into my freshman year and went into this new city with like a full plate of things to do um, that, you know, really gave me the motivation to go around, explore new places and constantly be on the go and not have this like downtime, downtime of missing home. That's uh, amazing. So did you meet Lauren Conrad at Teen Vogue? I didn't. We were there at different times. Oh, okay. I did get to meet Elaine Waltroth, who obviously was the editor-in-chief, and she was the beauty editor when I was there. And um, That is so cool. I'm obsessed with that. Um, okay. Do you use crystals or oils at all? I'm 
not an oil person already. I'm a little, like I have very oily skin. So for me, I have to go the opposite spectrum all the time. Mm. Um, even like the essential oil thing. Like I really just try to stay away, but I love crystals. I have a bowl of crystals in my house. Um, and all my really close friends, um, are very connected to crystals. So I, I have a ton. I carry actually a rose quartz with me at all times. Oh my God. I love that. Rose quartz is such a good one. It's like all about balance and like feminine and masculine. So that's like a perfect one to carry around for the all day balance. Yes. Awesome. What is your go-to cocktail order? I'm a, I'm between a few. If I'm having like a mellow night with friends and I'm at a bar um, and not going out. It's a gin and tonic. Mm. But if I'm going out and having a really fun night, it's a tequila soda. Okay. I have not gotten onto the tequila soda yet, but so many people are saying that. I think I just need to like man up and give it a try. I mean, I feel it's like, definitely an intense, I will say. It's definitely yeah. I feel like I've like gotten so sick off of tequila so many times that I'm oh, just like it. afraid to sip it. I totally get that. Totally get that. <laughs> All right. Time to man up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. What is your worst habit? My worst habit would, I mean, I have so many. (laughs) So many bad habits. We all do. (laughs) I would say that I have like, I've, I'm, I'm on the, I'm extremes. So like, I'll be, I'm, I'm going to repeat, I'm going to scale back. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I would say that my worst habit is that I constantly like need to be stimulated by something, which mm. is maybe a problem of like my generation of like social media and like all of these things. But like even even times where like I'm in New York and I'm constantly going from like meeting to meeting and then going out. When I come home and I have that downtime, it really takes me a minute to decompress. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm working on is like finding this middle ground where I can like go and do all these things and not have this like nervous twitch of like constantly needing to like be doing something. Yeah. And I would say, but for you, like this is almost like a good bad habit because it allows you to like get so much shit done and like, I don't know, it's kind of like there's a good and a bad about it. It's good and bad, but like, I also, I think for like my own mental health need to chill a bit. Yeah. Like that's why I call I would say like people are like, Oh, what's like your bad habit is like drinking or smoking. Like it's a bad habit for me because it's not good for me to like be that active all the time. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Definitely working on finding my balance. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So, well, okay. I'm excited to ask you this question because you've got such amazing style. What is your fave fashion obsession right now? favorite fashion obsession right now like a trend or yeah something you're like super into I'm really into I mean I feel like everyone's everyone's wearing like incredible tiny sunglasses right now Mm. and I think that's really it's cool to see all these brands like coming out with like something different um that's a trend that I really like I'm, I'm really accessories based. Like mm-hmm. I feel like what I wear clothing wise is always on the simpler side, but I'm always kind of like in a tiny, like I'm always in like a statement bag, but I love this like trend of tiny things, like the tiny sunglasses, tiny little bags. Yes. Uh, that's kind of like, I feel like all over my Instagram right now, I've just been like playing with these like tiny little crossbody bags. And- yes. I mean, I love the Chloe one. Yes. I mean, all of them. Like I had, I had a cute little Chanel bag 
over the weekend for Coachella. You Uh, had that like really, I saw on your Instagram, you have this like tweed Chanel bag. That is so cute. Thanks. Yeah. I'm really, really into that right now. Um, but also like with fashion, I really, really try not to follow trends. Yeah. As as crazy as that sounds. Um, just because like, I feel like then I'm a little bit more of like a frivolous shopper and I'm like, how many times am I really going to wear this? But also like, I'm always going to wear like what makes me feel good, whether it's in trend or not. Totally. Like those kind of like timeless vintage pieces that are just going to last forever. Exactly. I love it. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure that you think that most good spiritual people don't do? My guilty pleasure that I think most spiritual people don't do. I mean, I'm a big reader. I read a ton. Um, I like my most prized possession is my bookshelf. A lot of the times people see me posting photos of like interior design and people are like, oh, is she into interior design? But they don't realize that there's like a bookshelf in every interior design photo that I post. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a weird, it's like a twitch for me. Like I love it. You can't, I like, you can't put me in a bookstore because I black out and the next thing I know I'm home with like a $200 bill from the bookstore. Oh my gosh. I love um, that. So you're like always reading. Yeah, I think. But I think a lot of my spiritual friends, it's more of an internal thing than an external mm-hmm. thing. So that, that's kind of where I find a lot of my spirituality is like through the things that I'm reading. And also it's like, that's my quiet time is when I can sit on my couch, no phone, candles on, and just kind of dive into a book and go into another place. Yeah. And I think for you, since you obviously are so active and like your mind is so active, like reading is like the perfect meditation for you. Exactly. I love that. Amazing. So you must tell us, like you're obviously a woman of many, many hats and really chic hats, I'm sure. But how did you get started on your journey? Yeah. I'm, so I moved to New York in 2012 for school. I went to NYU Gallatin, um, which is NYU's individualized study school, which is amazing, but also extremely challenging because you're responsible of your own curriculum. You don't go to Gallatin to, um, you know, study X, Y, Z. You're really given the entire syllabus of the school and you can pick whatever you want to build your own, um, colloquium is what they call it at the Mm -hmm. end where you present everything you've studied, um, and present a thesis that you've made up based on what you've learned. So that is so cool. It's really cool, but it's also, I think people like look at it and they're like, cool, like I can do whatever I want at this school, but you know, when you're 18 years old and you get to New York and you get to school and you're given like a 10,000 course register, um, and are kind of in charge of figuring what you're out, what you're going to do for the next four years, it's definitely daunting. Um, it's like a whole new level of discipline required. Whole new level of discipline, but also a really cool school because they, um, really give you the opportunity to intern. Um, the schedule's a little different. The classes are like three hours long. So I really just like dove right into everything New York had to offer. Um, I interned every semester I had, I was at Teen Vogue for a year. I was at Hermes for a semester. I worked for Ryan Seacrest for a semester. Oh my gosh. That's so wild. Yeah. I was at Glossier for a year after that. So it was kind of all these incredible experiences that were allowing me to narrow down to by figuring out what I didn't like to figure out what it was that I loved. Mm-hmm. I think people, like, I think people go into experiences being like, oh, I'm going to like do this and this is what I'm going to be. This is like, I'm going to 
love this and that's what's going to be the defining moment for me. But I think it's, you know, going through all these jobs and different experiences is to me much more important because you kind of pinpoint what it is you don't like through that experience. That is so true. And like for myself who did like the opposite where I went to school for like one very specific thing and then got a job, it's like, you know, then you're like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, is there something wrong with me that I don't like it? But for you to go and just like sample all the things, like rule out what you don't like and then figure it out, that's kind of the way to do it. Yeah. What was nice is once I figured out what I did like, I felt like I had a lot of tools in my toolbox to be like, okay, can you do your own thing? And I'd sat down with a friend who had always really seen me kind of having my own company in a way. And we kind of came up with the idea of friend of a friend. And I had it for my last two years of school, which was amazing um, to kind of be in school and also be working in the world and getting to know people and building relationships at such a young age. So that by the time I graduated, I really felt like I could stand on my own two feet. 100%. So with that, like when you went to school, what did you, did you have an intention? Like what did you want to be when you grew up? Weird enough, I actually got into NYU for photojournalism. I loved photography. Yeah. In high school. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with me kind of like being very visually creative now. Yeah. Uh, but that really shifted over time as I was interning for all these fashion companies. I felt like I kind of immersed myself a little bit more in that industry. Um, and was able to like, I shifted from photojournalism to a little bit more of like fashion lifestyle journalism. Uh, so I studied a lot of psych, I took a ton of psychology classes obviously a lot of fashion courses and journalism, just to really kind of understand the industry from a business perspective. And then I got my business mi uh, minor from Stern. So um, really just tried to get this like well-rounded holistic view of the industry so that I could leave feeling like I got as much out of a classroom experience as I could have. I love that. So even though like all the things you do are like there's so many different avenues, but everything like kind of packages nicely together. Like what would you say is like the core mission of everything that you're doing? Communities. I think I, I love the idea of building a community that can exist online and offline. I mm. think right now it's like so many, I, I think people are craving this like human touch. I think we've been so transfixed in the digital world for the past couple of years that even now when I host these events or I speak on a panel, those are the moments that are most satisfying for me because I'm looking someone in the eyes and I'm seeing them and kind of getting to know them off of a computer, or off of a, off of a cell phone. Um, but it also opens up the window to just so many, um, unique conversations that I don't really feel like could be had online. So um, it's really fun for me to, to be able to have those moments and, and, you know, use the community that I've built online to, to build something that's real, um, and tangible. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I feel like the point and like the purpose of life is to like empower each other by sharing our experiences and sharing our stories. So, and I love that that's what you're doing with friend of a friend. So how did that kind of come to fruition for you? It was really actually, I, I look back on it now and I'm like, how did I, like, where, what was I doing? <laughs> where did that um, come from? But I think, you know, it was kind of at the height of, um, the kind of digital personality time. I think it was right as it was building steam and I really wanted to create something that wasn't, you know, I never wanted to be a blogger. I still will not, uh, you know, prescribe myself to that title because I don't really write about myself. Um, yeah. 
I think there's a little bit more of like a digital journalism uh, uh, curatorial voice to what I do. Um, even if you go on the site, like it's, it's, um, cons- it's lifestyle. Yeah. Content. Like it's more uh, like, I would say more like an online magazine than a blog. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I really saw a void in that. I didn't see a lot of people creating spaces like that, that were, you know, not with a lot of ads and, um, not with a ton of content, but just like, if you're with your friends and you want to find this one spot, we're the place for you to go and do it. Um, from, you know, a trusted group of people. So that's what we set out to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to Paris in a few weeks and I was just like browsing through the site and getting all the recos for the recommendations or for the, sorry, for the restaurants. And I was just like, oh my God, this is going to be the best guide that we have is the Paris one. Um, Yes. And it's so good because it's like, you know, like you said, it's like, you know, that the people sharing this content and that you are someone who probably has like similar tastes, you know, you're not going yeah. on Yelp and getting, you know, Jimmy from Kentucky, like yeah. <laughs> learning what he says is a good restaurant. Our so are actually like our hero pieces on the site. Like people that that's what does best for us. I think people really like that idea of, you know, I don't, I think you have two things. You have like a goop and a Yelp. One's really highbrow and one's like, you know, a, something that's from everybody. So um, we really just kind of try to find that middle ground to make it relatable so that, ev- so that, you know, anybody that wants something that's a little bit more trusted and curated can come to us for it. Yeah. And I'm like, I personally am not a researcher. So for me to go and like research all that stuff by myself is like really okay. daunting, but the fact that it's just like all there is so helpful. Great. I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, I love it. So you've been, so you've launched it in 2005, did you say? 2015. Okay. Sorry. That's what I I picture 2015 in my head, but it came out 2005. (laughs) That's what I meant. Um, has there been a time where you maybe like wanted to give up? Are you like feeling impatient and how did you just keep pushing through? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that there, it really, in the past couple of years, I think social media has just become a numbers game to a lot of brands and a lot of um, you know, most people on the internet, if you have 2 million followers, um, there's, you definitely have different cachet to your brand and you different, different level of notoriety, but I was never really pushing for that. I really just wanted to create authentic, organic content. And I think it took me some time to like come to that realization and kind of get over, get over that, that harsh, um, pressure that, is being put on digital personalities today. Every panel I speak on, the first thing I say is like, don't make it a numbers game. Don't sit there and fixate on your engagement or your likes or your following. Create a community of people that are interested in what you're doing and are gonna be engaged with what you're doing. And that's what you really should be hoping for and working towards. That's such a good tip. And like, so how could you like, how, what would you suggest for people out there that are like stressing over their Instagram followers? Like, what would you suggest that they do to focus more on community? I mean, I, I think what's interesting is I post a wide range of content. Sometimes I'm posting a ton of fashion looks. Sometimes I'm really deep in kind of like an aesthetic moment where I'm like posting a lot of like vibey photos. Sometimes I'm posting all my books. And what's interesting is like, okay, I can go on there and my book photo maybe gets like a quarter of the likes I usually get, but I'll get hundreds of saves way over any, anything I'll ever, 
anything else I post. So I think it's like, you know, look at it as a benchmark to what your audience is paying attention to and what they're interested in, but don't fixate on that number because I think so many brands now are paying attention to the people with younger followers because it's like you have an engaged audience. And at the end of the day, I think it's like worse for your soul and your mental health to fix, to fixate over it. Um, That's so true. I, I've just so like, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying so many of my clients are just, have just been like really like focusing on the number, but it's not, it's about, it's about the engagement. It's about like posting stuff that people care about and like engaging with them and just like making connections and like DMing people that are engaging with your content. Like that personal touch is so much more valuable. And if you, and I was actually saying today, ironically, I saw this quote and it was like, what's so great about where you are today and kind of just like getting you to like be grateful for where you are, even though everyone's striving for the next thing. And one of the things that I thought of is like, I'm happy that I'm at a point where I can personally reply to everyone that reaches out to me. Right. And you should. Yeah. I would tell people like slide into DMs always. Like that's yeah. the point. One of my favorite quotes that I actually posted um, last week was that you know, people are using social media to kind of sit there and waste time and fixate over other people's lives, but use it to talk to people around the world that at any other point in time in history, you wouldn't have been able to reach. Exactly. And I, I've said this so many times on the podcast, but my best friend I met on Instagram and she lives in LA and I live in Vancouver and we just became best friends. And now we've like gone, we've like flown all over to see each other. And like, I talk to her more than anyone else. And it's like, you wouldn't be able to do that, you know, take advantage of it. Totally. Totally. And people always are like saying to me, like, I follow almost 2000 people and people are like, why do you follow this many people? But for me, it's like a digital business card. Like I love being able to like work with a brand or go to an event and meet somebody and I'll follow them just because I want to stay in touch with them and see what yeah. they're doing because you never know when your paths are going to cross again. I know that's another thing. People, people really are like, I don't want to look like I'm following too many people. It's like, who cares? Literally <laughs> like, who cares? I think it's because who is it? Is it like, is it Kim Kardashian? No, someone only follows like one person. And now everyone thinks that that's like the cool thing to do is to like not follow that many people. It's like, okay. I like being connected. I know, me too. I I like being able to check in on my friends and see how people are doing. And because that's honestly where I get all of my inspiration from. All of my inspiration, my ideas, the stories I want to write, the people I want to collaborate with, I get from, you know, seeing other people and and being inspired by them and seeing the projects they're working on. And that's just, that's, you know, I, I think it's just kind of this hive of creativity that I can always pull from um, and get inspired by. Totally. So since you are like such a travel and food connoisseur, what are your favorite places to travel and eat? My favorite places to travel and eat. Let's see. I love, I'm like, I'm from two very big cities. So I love a small town vibe. I love Savannah, Georgia. I love New Orleans. I love Santa Barbara. My family's been going to Aspen since I was young. So I think, you know, it's these small towns kind of like around um, that are like not really anywhere near I grew up that I really, really thrive in. Um, Mm. Savannah, Georgia is for sure one of my favorite places. There's incredible food, great people. We actually have a guide up on the site um, if anybody's ever going there. Um, right now between like now and June is the best time to go before it gets too hot. But that's definitely one of my favorite places. 
Okay. Good to know. I would, it's kind of like one of those places I would never think to go, but then when you hear about it, you're like, oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Do like a girl's trip or go with like a, go with like a boyfriend or a significant other, other, whatever it is. Um, because there's just so much to discover there. And, um, I think it's good to like, you know, people think that you need to travel to the most insane places in the world to have an experience. And people, I think a lot of people forget that the U S has just the most beautiful places in our backyard. So I always try to take advantage of that because I'm lucky enough that my job takes me to, um, some pretty incredible places. Yeah. And like the U S is so fabulous because it's like every state has its own vibe and like, it's so different everywhere you go. Totally. I love it. Did you travel a lot as a kid or did that kind of come later? I traveled a lot as a kid, but my family was like the type of family that we had our spots and we went there every year. Yeah. Um, You know, we did Hawaii a lot when I was a kid. I have four sisters who were a big family. So you need like a family destination for us to really get there. My oldest sister has two sons. So we're like, we're literally a a traveling band. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So we need a place that's family friendly. Um, My family's French Moroccan. So we spent a lot of time in France growing up. Um. But yeah, so we kind of like had our, had our spots that we would go to, but we were definitely jet setters always on the go. Oh, that's so good. And I I feel like that plays like such a big role. And I didn't travel when I was a kid, but even like, you just kind of have to start and like, I don't know, once you get started, you kind of just don't stop. I think a really defining moment for me in my childhood was I was in high school and I partnered with this program that um, did a lot of charity work. And so I traveled with them to India, Tanzania, Thailand, Laos, um, Vietnam, all before I graduated high school and wow. really saw the world. And I think it, I think if you have the opportunity to travel in any way, I think a lot of people think that they need to travel and kind of have this like, luxurious experience. Um, I did, I definitely didn't have that experience when I was doing those trips and it was incredible. So I always say, if you can travel, you know, take yourself out of your comfort zone and do it. Yeah. And it's just like, once you do it, you're just like, oh, that was easy. Like, why did I wait so long? Or why did I think it was so scary? My sister and I last summer did like a whole Italy tour together. And we just took the train between every city. Um, Sometimes we ate at really nice restaurants. And sometimes we just chilled in the hotel and didn't really do anything. Yeah. You know, you can always make it work. And uh, the adventure is so much fun and really rewarding. Where did you go in Italy? We did the Amalfi Coast, we did Rome, and we did Venice. Mm, So nice. I've not done Rome or Venice. I did the Amalfi Coast last summer, and we did Sicily, which was so cool. so beautiful there. It's a whole other world. Yes. We actually got married in Sicily. It was really beautiful. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. What a beautiful location to get married. Oh, my God. It was wild. It was a good time. <laughs> we, we really partied. We all ended up in the pool after, including me and my dress. So. <laughs> yes, it was good times. But yeah, I totally agree. Like, I just feel like you learn so much about yourself when you travel. And especially for you, like, like you said, you were traveling in high school, like the, even though you were obviously with like your school and like there were adults there, you probably learned so much independence and just like oh. how to connect to other cultures and all of that. Definitely. I think it just takes you out of your own bubble and and makes you see the world. Yeah, totally. Screw the comfort zone, guys. Screw the comfort zone. Screw the comfort zone. Step out of that thing. Always. The best things are on the other side of fear. Always. So true. And on that note, how do you think like spirituality and like, you know, beliefs have played a role in your massive success? Well, I come from a Jewish family and I think, you know, we're not 
particularly religious. I, I'm, you know, we never were people that went to temple or um, kind of were strict with it, but it really instilled tradition in my sisters and I. There's nothing I love more than being able to come back to LA and know that Friday nights there's Shabbat at my family's house and we're all together. And I think that I really am a firm believer that the fact that I have had that strong ground to stand on and that support system was what allowed me to go out and get out of my comfort zone when I moved to New York and do all these things that I never thought I would do. Mm. So I think that that kind of that belief that has instilled that tradition in me and knowing that I have those people was really important. But, you know, I'm 24. And I think that that everyone's kind of spirituality and getting in tune with yourself comes at different times. I'm really starting to feel connected to mine now more than ever as I've gotten older and I've, you know, started like lived by myself in New York and started my company and kind of really hustled. And um, I'm just now really starting to kind of put care back into myself and um, make sure I go to yoga and make sure I'm eating healthy and, and smiling and, and being happy. Um, so it's, it's a new thing to me and I'm really happy to kind of be in the middle of that process. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it is that everyone does have their own journey and there's like no right or wrong or like no right or wrong time. Um, and it's just like, kind of like divinely plays out the way that it's supposed to. And it sounds like for you, like to have achieved so many amazing things by the age of 24 and now being like, okay, now I'm going to slow down a little bit, put a little bit more time for myself. And that's, I think you're going to see even more like magical things happen for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to be where I'm at right now and, um, and feel good about it and not absolutely crazed. Totally. So what tips can you give to women out there that like want to have it all and they want to be doing all the things, but it just doesn't seem to be falling into place yet? I think everything, as I said, everything has its time. I think, I think that idea of everything falling into place, like I don't ever really want everything to fall into place for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's kind of like a glamorized ideal of like, oh, everything's going so perfectly well. You know, there's always going to be a challenge and you have to face that challenge because if not, then it's just going to kind of fall flat and be stagnant and you want to always keep it exciting. So just keep working towards the goal that you see ahead of you and hopefully you'll always get close to it and not there and still be hungry. I think a lot of people get frustrated with that inability to like hit that goal, but I really try to use that frustration and turn it into hunger and just keep being hungry and keep going. I love that. And I think that's where a lot of people get, I just feel like that's kind of like the difference between the people that like become quote unquote successful and the people that quote unquote give up. It's like, you got to know that it's not going to be easy. <laughs> like You yeah. got to know that it's not like point A to point B. You're not just going to suddenly be totally successful and everything be totally fine. It's like, you just need to learn how to like walk with the bullshit. <laughs> and like and when you are completely successful, you're going to still be reaching for another goal. You're still going to exactly. be having to overcome all of these challenges. So I think I, and you know, I definitely fell victim to that when I was starting my company. I was like, oh my God, I want to be at this point. And then I got to that point and I was like, wait, 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 there's still so much more to go. Mm -hmm. So you have to like, look at, you know, I, I always want to be climbing the mountain. I never want to be at the top. 
Totally. hundred percent. I love that analogy. That's such a good one. And so, so true. Yeah. And for you who, and you've always had um, such an emphasis on community and connections. I'd love to know, like you have like some really, you're very amazingly connected and have some really great friends that are all really successful. How do you recommend other people find their tribe? Yes. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have some friends who have absolutely worked their asses off to get to where they are. And, um, that's been, that's a huge inspiration for me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have those friends in my life. And I think building your tribe is the most important thing, but the way you build it is not, it's not a process of selection. It's, you need to find the people that support you no matter what, no matter if you have zero followers, no matter if you have a million and those people that genuinely want to take care of you and look after you and you want to do the same for. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say like, I can't be like the giving tree in a relationship. It needs to kind of be like this mutual exchange. Yeah. And I really feel lucky to have been able to kind of find that for myself. And I think a lot of people also like put this intense pressure to have a tribe I think it's important to have obviously those people that are close to you, but it doesn't need to be a tribe. I've always had a million different friend groups and I, I kind of thrive in that environment because I love to mix it up. I love to be involved in a lot of people's lives and, and take care of a lot of people. So, um, you know, fi- find those people, but it doesn't need to, you don't need to be confined to a certain tribe. Yes. So true. I'm the same way. Like it's like so many different friend groups. Whenever I have like a birthday party, it's like this hodgepodge of like, no one really knows each other, but everyone's just really good people. Um, but no, I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Amazing. So if people want to like get in your circle and like start following you and start learning all your amazing tips, where can they find you? Instagram. I do everything on Instagram. My Snapchat's private because I make fun of myself all day, every day. And it's just my very close personal friends. And I post like my double chin or if I'm like eating more than I should. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I think that's where I'm most active. Um, I'm always like, I love using stories. I'm always doing that. Um, and I always respond to DMs. So I think that's where people can really get in touch with me the most. And I remember when people DM me, um, and I love when people come up to me in public and kind of just like st- stop to talk. I think yes. that people think that like their phones are like this wall that they can't ever like walk through. And I, I um, really encourage people to like put down that wall. And actually like, if you see someone in public that you follow or you like, like go up to them and have a conversation. Like that's how you meet people and build relationships and actually um, kind of re reinstill that humanity and everything. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we did before phones guys. We actually talked to each other. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, I love that. I do it myself. Um, and I think it's really important. So important. I love that. So before we let you go, we have a little segment called manic moments and manifesting where we talk about the last meltdown that we had and also the last thing that we manifested. So I can go first so that you can have time to think about yours. But um, Okay, so I literally had a meltdown road rage situation today. I was just like driving to the gym and it was raining and I was calling people fucking idiots and telling them to get out of my way. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, is this what I want to be putting into the world? And I had to just kind of laugh at myself because I was like, like, why are you in such a rush? You've got plenty of time and these people are not idiots. You're okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I just had to really like, time. I had to really give, a, give myself a moment. I love that. Oh my God. But it happens to everybody. It happens to the best of us. It really does. It really does. Do you have a recent meltdown? Um, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a daily thing. <laughs> I just got back from Coachella. So okay, yeah. I, as I said earlier, ultimate highs, ultimate lows. Yes. Um, I, you know, my best friends in the world live in LA and I live in New York. So, and I'm an extremely sentimental person. So um, being in, in LA for the weekend and being with all my friends and in this really happy, beautiful place and then coming home and sitting in your room where you're like in a four walls confined space and you're by yourself and there's no more noises. Yeah. Um, that is the easiest way to hit my trigger button. <laughs> yes. And probably some hangover anxiety lingering. I mean, Sunday scaries. I'm yes. not going to lie and say we had a fun weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, it was, you know, but I, I, I always can anticipate those moments and I think it's really important um, to know your triggers. I, I've really put such a an effort this year on knowing my triggers, understanding them and not letting them get the best of me. So, um, you know, I prepared for this morning. I had plans all day. Um, I'm talking to you guys now. So, um, all things that have really, really been helpful this year in terms of avoiding potential meltdowns. Yes. Well, I hope we've been able to cure some of your hangover anxiety. Definitely. (laughs) I feel like I had a nice therapy. I feel like I went to therapy today. Yes. (laughs) I love it. So, okay. So the last thing I manifested, I'm actually going to say something negative that I manifested. Usually I'll say something positive, but, um, I manifested today when I got out of the car after being a road rage psycho, banging my head on the door as if the universe was being like, relax, bitch. (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah, I deserve that. Oh no. But it kind of happens that way. Like whenever you're like in a tizzy of like negativity, it's like, that's when, I don't know, a bird shits on your head or you hurt yourself. Everybody has their slip ups. No one's perfect. Anger is a valid emotion. And you had that happen this morning. Yeah. And I learned a valid lesson. I'm always manifesting. I feel like this year, as I was saying, like I've really kind of come back to my center and really try to focus on my emotions and, and happiness. And honestly, anytime I'm in a yoga class or I need to like manifest something, it's manifesting just like oozing happiness. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really cliche and lame, but like, I think that I've really also been practicing like mindfulness and like taking myself out of my shoes you know, looking at my life, looking at the people around me, making sure I'm taking care of myself, making sure I'm taking care of them. And all of that can be really overwhelming. So I think if I can like force my, not so much force myself, but like focus on the fact that like life is really great and I have like fucking amazing friends and a great family and a great job and just focus on like finding that really peaceful, simple place. I feel really good about that. That's so true. It's like, we're constantly like, it's like every word we say, every action we do is like planting the seeds to manifest that happiness. And like, if you're constantly feeling the gratitude and like sending love to your friends and your family, then that's when you're going to get happiness and like amazing opportunities and all the other great things. So I love that. Exactly. And it's really just, I, for me, happiness is like that, I, that perfect place of like calm simplicity. So yeah. Like content. Yep. 
I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Liv. You've given so many great tips and so much great inspiration. It's just been so great to get to know you as well. And the audience is just going to love this. Thank you so much for having me on today and for reaching out. Of course. Thank you so much for being a chill Shocker Girl and tuning in to Shocker Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on Chakras and on Amber Lee at theshockergirlco.com. And follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Chakra Girl Co. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.